folks, Brucklery, the Brucklery Podcast. So we have, it's, it's really, you know, we did a, a podcast a long, long time ago. And it was one of my favorite ones, Ari, the one where we talked about the, the slow-moving train crash. Right? Remember this? Obamacare. And it was Obamacare yeah. and, and a lot of general Democrat policies. And you, you see it's happening and, you know, it's, it's just so slow-moving that you can barely see it moving, but you know that these two trains are going to collide, right? And you can just see these innocent people in the dining car who are now oblivious to what's about to happen to them. You know their, their future better than they do, right? Or if you like it, you can see it in a movie. You know, in Titanic, for example, you know what's going to happen to these, pe- these poor people because of very bad decisions of the people at the control deck uh, on the Titanic. And it's... It's that slow-moving train thing that I that I, I love to to evaluate, and the Democrats have recently implemented policies have, which have resulted in such uh, like the worst week and if not month uh, that we've had that they that they've had to deal with, uh, small things to big things, and we're going to talk a little bit about those things and then kind of see it in a grander picture, if you will. And this was inspired a little bit by, um, what's his name, Nolte from Breitbart. Um, he wrote a, a very John good piece. Nolte, not John Nolte, Nolte. I didn't say Nick Nolte, but you're right. Anyway, so he, he but, it, but it, it's inspired because he brings up quite a few points. But since then and before then, there have been really bad things happening to them. And it's this train wreck that I want to discuss. But let's, let's talk about some of the specifics without drilling too, down too much. I mean, some of the points that he makes is that the, um, the fake news media is the only shrinking institution in America's booming economy. And he's right. Uh, you know, people are beginning to see that, that the New York Times is not to be trusted. The LA Times, uh, CNN, MSNBC, uh, NPR for that matter, PBS, and so many more. They're just, you can't really trust them. Um, and, you know, you want to get straight news. You don't want to feel like you're reading Pravda. So you go out to different sources, and every time they go out to different sources, very often they lose a subscriber. I don't know why anybody would read the New York Times anymore. Honestly, it's just, you know, they, they, they're, all full, they're very full of themselves, the New York Times. They like to call themselves the old gray lady and such, but that, that old gray lady has died a long time ago. And the fact that you had a monopoly on things, good for you, but it just ain't so anymore. You know, in fact... It is an old gray lady in the sense of its attraction, right? It, it, there are like many women out there that, you know, they were really beautiful when they were 25 or 26 and so on. And now, you know, they're 75 and 76. They may be stately and such, but, you know, you don't turn their, their head when they walk by. Are you right? saying the cosmopolitan jello shots and the cigarettes and the laying out without sunscreen exactly. is kind of caught up T- to them. Time has not been very kind to them. Yeah. Right, exactly right. You know, that's the, it's a, and they've done it to themselves. Because not every 75-year-old woman is is unappealing, and there's some very stately-looking ladies, right, that you look at them and say, well, you know, yeah, sure, she's not 25, but she's still a beautiful woman in her own right. But not this, not this not woman, right? Yeah. <laughs> she, she's, uh, you know, after so many lies, after so many fake Pulitzer surprises and so many... Uh, bizarre stories that they've tried to advance to to push down Trump, or otherwise to prop up Hillary. You get the idea. Just bad stuff. All right. So that's the, that's one issue. Then uh, the second point that he brings up is that Democrats have lost Joe Biden as the sane one among the 23 potential presidential candidates in the Democrat side. 
And, and it, he's right, of course. I mean, Joe Biden, they've gone after him so viciously, uh, to some extent fairly, to some extent very unfairly. Like, for example, they talked about Creepy Joe, where he's huggy-huggy with everyone. You know what? I mean, I, I don't, I'm not surprised that they would have pushed for this about Joe Biden. I'm not surprised at all because that's where they've kind of pushed themselves, generally speaking. It's a, it's a harassment world, and they only see um, our society through the lens of a harassment now. So no surprise that they go after Joe Biden, who is very huggy-huggy. But you know what? I don't think that most people really cared. If he raped somebody, if he you know, had an unwanted advance— uh, you know, then I understand that's a different story. Or flew with underage girls to Jeffrey Epstein's place. We'll get there in a moment. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> but you get the idea. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but Joe Biden, you know, I, I don't really care so much about. What I do care about more is the flippant attitude that they have uh, when it comes to to Joe. Uh, sorry, to uh, his gaffes and everything else. He's he just says things that make no sense at all. The way he responded in the Democrat debate to uh, what's her name, Kamala Harris, uh, she um, she really got the better of him in that one, and he just made no sense in his response at all. He tried to say, "I'm a good guy, and I, I'm I'm hardly a racist," but I don't know if that was a very effective thing. Anyway, they lost Joe Biden as a uh, a sane one among the Democrats, and and I think Nolte is right about that. Yeah, and one thing to that is. I always thought it was dubious at best that they were counting on him to be the mature one in the room, where he's always spent the career of being the wackadoo. Understand? So it showed you how wackadoo the field was going in, that they're depending on him to be the, yeah. the stable rock of civility. Good point. You know? Good point. And, and he, um, he's been wrong in every single policy. Every single policy that he voted for, every major one, whether it's... Um, uh, the the uh, the first Iraq War, the Gulf War, or anything else. I mean, it, it, he's been wrong time and time again. He's like that sole voice who voted uh, the opposite direction. So he was already pretty nutty. The only thing that that makes him more of a tried and true candidate, the sane one, if you will, is that he's just survived the longest. He's he's the old guy right. in, in the group. All right. <clears throat> uh, then the next one, they, uh, Democrats handed the Fourth of July to Trump. Boy. Uh, Nulty got that one right, absolutely right. Oh, yeah. 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 The 4th of July, uh, Trump did something brilliant. He said, I'm going to have a great fanfare and celebration of America on the 4th of July. How dare he? Right. <laughs> right. Uh, what's not to like about that? <laughs> right. You know, so, uh, you know, he had jets flying over. It was fireworks, of course, a great speech by him. Uh, and it was, it was wonderful. Uh, and, and they poo pooed this great celebration as a waste of money. And this was somehow ethnocentric or whatever. Like, oh boy, you've lost, you lost big time on that one. So there was, there was nothing to be said about this. They, they could have at least said, listen, we're with you on the 4th of July, but you know, you, your policies are still wrong. They could have done that, right? But instead, they actually went against him on the 4th of July issue. Yeah, and very, that, very stupid decision. Right, and, and that it leads to like a very sort of interesting mentality thing. In pro sport, you might have two teams play each other, right? Uh, it, you see this a lot in basketball, especially, where it's not really a violent sport, of course. And uh, they're playing hard against each other. But at the end of the day, even guys on the other teams are friends with each other. Right. Right? And you make such a great point, uh, piggybacking on Nolte's, if you will, feed to you on it, which is, will these people ever just... 
one day just cool it on the competition and say, okay, this is finally a day where we don't have to play hardball politics 24-7. Yeah. You know, and think about how good that would have done them politically uh, to their benefit. Where, you know, because Americans generally like people to get along with each other. And they could have just said, okay, we disagree with Trump on 99% of everything, but today is the 4th of July, so we're all going to come together as Americans. And, yeah, he's the president, so he'll just lead that day. Right. You know, and and then Americans would have said, oh, okay, they're not as immature as we thought. But they took the opportunity to parade their immaturity for everyone on that day. On that day. It's, It's too expensive. Never mind all the other things we can say about it. I mean, they, of all people, suddenly they're the party of fiscal responsibility. (laughs) They're the party of cost overrun concern. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Which was the same thing as my point of fiscal responsibility, but I'll leave that to the listener to figure that one out. Ha! All right. Um, Can you ever just cool it? Does it have to be hardball politics with you every moment of this podcast? Yeah, you know, the listener can't see it, of course, but Ari is wearing a T-shirt from uh, <laughs> Cartman of South Park fame, <clears throat> and, and it's a big picture of Cartman, and it says, respect my authority, right? <clears throat> That's what I have to deal with, my friends. Uh, is it, you don't believe me? All right. Yeah, <clears throat> just it, just come, come here, watch this podcast. And, you know what? Don't watch this podcast. It's like watching sausage being made. It's not pretty, folks. No, you don't want them to schedule a consultation with you for $550 oh, God, an hour just to sit here and watch this? Jeez, Louise. Because I think you could turn this into a profit center per person watching this. <laughs> How much do you think I charge per hour? $780 an hour. No, you were wrong. 1600 <laughs> All right. Let's move on. So there's the next one. The next one is that Democrats are campaigning for votes in Mexico. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, all right, uh, you do realize, folks, that the people that who should be voting for you are here north of the border, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> but they don't, but they literally, I mean, what's Beto went there, right? Beto and, and Corey went and Corey, there. Okay. In the so, m- perhaps because they understand, like, you know, Planned Parenthood understands that they have to get them while they're young, you know, in the, in the schools, right? They're going to Mexico because they know that eventually these people will come to America, <laughs> right? With and get them, get them while they're young, so to speak, <laughs> right? Oh, anyway, I, it, it, that, that was absurd. It, it just it looks ugly. It looks really stupid. It looks so brazenly transparent. Uh, that you are just courting these votes. Then, of course, uh, although Nolte doesn't bring this up, um, he's speaking Spanish, Beto in particular, during the Democrat debates when he's asked a question in English, and and he responds totally in Spanish to show, I guess, that he knows how to speak Spanish and isn't that wonderful. And, And even Cory Booker looks at him like, what the frig is going on here? It was, it was hysterical. Right. I'm glad you brought Booker, but yeah. I took a picture of that, which our audience can't see, of course. Right. It was hysterical. But here's what was, so, what was so deceiving about the picture. Corey's looking at Beto as soon as he and it was on the first question that Beto pushed to, if right. you know what I mean, yeah. pushed to for Spanish. But, and Corey's giving him that sideways look. Then, 10 minutes later, Booker's speaking Spanish. So Booker was looking at him like that because he didn't want Beto to beat him to the punch on the Espagno. Okay, so let's <laughs> let's move on this. So the next point he makes, which is a good one, uh, Democrat presidential candidates are becoming documented extremists. And that's right. Um, you know, he, he says, I'm, I'm just going to quote uh, Nolte on this one. 
look at the this bottomless bottomless list of threats. I mean promises made by these candidates. Promises that include gun confiscation, open borders, legalizing abortions until the fetus registers for college, uh, government-funded health insurance for illegal aliens, slavery reparations, gay reparations, forced busing. Uh, no one has to pay back that 1.5 trillion in student loans taxpayers are on the hook for. Eliminating everyone's health insurance, abolishing the electoral college and taxpayer-funded abortions for transsexual women who are really guys and will never need an abortion, right? So, Meeting the U.S. women's soccer team. Yeah, probably, right. <laughs> that, that's going to be one of our later topics. Jeez, there's just so... You know, that the problem with the Democrats is they, they give us too much to go with. I mean, like I feel like, you know, that guy in um, the Monty Python movie, The Meaning of Life, right, you know... Uh, I, I, I'm full. Thank you very much. I, I don't want to eat anymore. You no, want just, a more wafer? Just, just a little bit more wafer, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm all right. I'm all right. Thanks. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm going to explode any moment with all this stuff that they're giving me. I mean, how many podcasts can I... I can only do one podcast a week, all right? I'm a busy guy, yeah. all right? And they, they throw all this stuff at me. I... I, I can't possibly have another mole, but they keep on shoving it down my, right, my like throat. Obama. Literally, literally throwing it down my throat. Yeah, it's like Obama saying my administration was scandal-free <laughs> when he had so many scandals, you lose count because he saw that that worked for Bill Clinton. You know, he had so many scandals, you can't just focus on one. Uh, China, Charlie Tree, right. Whitewater, Meat Gate, this gate, that I know, gate, I know. It's Monica. A, it's, it's like in The Simpsons when um, home, uh, Montgomery Burns, the old guy, uh, the boss of the nuclear plant, power plant, goes to his doctor and the doctor says, my goodness, Mr. Burns, you know, uh, reviewing your blood uh, and analysis and everything else, you should be dead a long time ago. Like, but I'm, but you're healthy. You seem to be healthy as a horse. You're, you're kicking just fine. And they try to figure out why, and they they, re, they realize that he has got so many diseases that they're each competing with each other at, at such an alarming rate that none of them can kind of go through the door, so to speak, to get at Burns. It's hysterical. Right. And they actually show a you know example of it. So he's so toxic that that he manages to survive. Same thing with the Democrats. All right. The next one is that, uh, of course, the jobs reports, they're, they're fantastic. The unemployment rate is so low for all of America and so low for each respective demographic group, including blacks in particular, for whom the unemployment rate is now the lowest since, I think, 1971 or 72. Phenomenal success. More on that later, by the yeah. way. Hold on a second. Oops. Yeah. Continue. More on that that discussion, <laughs> because it begs the question: Wait a minute, why were things so good for blacks in 1972? Right? right. You, you would expect the unemployment rate to have been horrendously bad, you know, ever since the end of slavery, right? When they actually did have jobs, you would expect that to be, you know, at what 30 percent, and then it slowly, slowly over time. You know, 20, 29.9%, you know, uh, three years later, and so on. And then down to the, the year 2019, where it's now enjoying 5.6%, which is very low. And like, isn't that great? Right? But no, 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 no. It was lower than 56 in 1972. More on that later, okay? So do remind I'm me about that. I'm not saying a thing. I know exactly yes. why. <laughs> All right. 
So the next one is, so jobs, 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 of course. These reports are just bad for the Democrats. They don't know what to do with it. Uh, they try to dance around it by saying, oh, but look at the debt. Look at the deficit. Uh, oh, they care know. now again. Yeah, the all of a sudden gets. they're all about the debt and the deficit. <laughs> yeah, the penny it's, wise. It's hysterical. <laughs> um, and, and never mind that the president has nothing, he has nothing to do with, with the debt or the deficit. He can't do anything about that. All he can do is get out of the way. And, and that's by way of deregulation. So it's the Democrats in Congress who are continuing to spend, uh, and, and Trump can't stop them from spending. So that's the problem. Uh, then a related issue is the stock, as, as Nelty puts it, stock market go boom. <laughs> and that was that. That's all he says. Uh, and he doesn't have to express anything else. And then um, he's, he writes that uh, Elizabeth Warren and Kamala um, force busing Harris are now presidential frontrunners. That's not a good thing for them. I mean, it's great for us. I think it's bizarre. I mean, if, if, if Elizabeth Warren becomes the nominee... Um, this notion of Pocahontas is going to come all over. It's just going to destroy her. Also, putting aside the fact that she just she's just another. <clears throat> if you liked, if you liked um, Hillary Clinton, you'll love Elizabeth Warren, right? She's exactly the same thing as as Hillary Clinton, just as corrupt, just as old, just as shrill in her voice, just as empty with her ideas, and just as lacking in purpose, right? So go for it, baby. <laughs> I'm all for it. The only thing different about her is that she has a different name. All right. And she's a person of color. Yeah, apparently, yeah. Boy, she's going to have to dance around that for the rest of the campaign. I mean, it's a, I, the rest I of her life. <clears throat> oh, it's, it's, so, it's so embarrassing. Does she get buried at an Indian burial ground? All she, you know, <laughs> you she, know? <laughs> I mean, Trump will correctly say, look, you, you, were, you were pandering. Uh, to minorities by saying that you're somehow, you know, this this small blood drop, a mosquito full of uh, of Native American. It's it's a, it's obscene. You were wrong. The Cherokee Nation said that you were offending them, and and they were right to be offended. All uh, I'll have to say is, will you pay Harvard back with interest all the money you fraudulently took from them? That's what that's what. Will you know you, what? And will you give? Money to that would be a great. qualified Native American professor who should have had that position, and she's a millionaire, <laughs> right? right? So she, she pay up, pay, pay it up, biatch. <laughs> anyway, and then Kamala Harris will have to deal with the issue of uh, the busing comment. The busing was a terrible failure. Nobody likes it, both black or white, liberal or conservative. We all hated it. So why she now is is somehow touting that she was a forced, you know, she was in the busing system and somehow that benefited her? Wow, that's a mystery to me. The, the major problem that she's going to have, Kamala Harris, is that she prostituted her way to success. And and before my listeners write to me now and say, oh, you know, Barack, you're being so insensitive. If this were a man, you know, he wouldn't get the same sort of treatment. Uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're damn straight. He wouldn't because uh, a man doesn't sleep his way to the top. He doesn't have that avenue. Most the, heterosexual men don't want men to use their mouth for favors. Right, exactly to right. To get ahead. The, the fact is that a woman knows that she can get ahead by going uh, sleeping with men. I'm not saying it's a good get thing. Get ahead by giving men. Uh, whatever. The, the point is that uh, that that is that is something that happens there. There are not many male prostitutes yeah, compared, this is, compared to women prostitutes. And that is just a, an avenue. So don't tell me that somehow, oh, that's, that's a double st- a standard. The, the reality is that men have their way of cheating, them, cheating their way to the top two, but it doesn't involve um, using, you know, trading sexual favors. Uh, it, but, but it does involve trading sexual favors, by the way, when it comes to gay 
um, you know, a, a gay man who wants to climb up to the top, or even a heterosexual man who will be fine with engaging in gay sex, assuming that the the boss or whoever it is in the hierarchy is also gay, and uh, and, and then he'll climb the way to the top too. So everyone uses sex one way or the other, uh, you know. And and but men will cheat their way to the top. Women will sleep with their way to the top. So don't even don't even go there. Yeah, the with this issue, argument. And the issue with this is it's not speculative. Right. Okay. There is actual confirmed information that it really happened. And the guy she did it with, Willie Brown, has said she did it. So right. well, he, well, he has he would have had a vested interest in concealing that information and he didn't. So it's not like, oh, you know, she's a whore. And it's a metaphor. It's not. It's an actual fact. No, she, she, she definitely yeah. prostituted yeah. her way to the top. Right. So, uh, and I don't want to drill down too much more on this. Yeah. Uh, the point is, you look at Willie Brown <laughs> and you say, all right, there's no way that she did this for love or because she was attracted to him. I, I do not buy that for a second. Okay? His personality is the, yeah. the biggest problem she has, though, the same way Warren, the biggest problem she has is that trail of lies a la Hillary. The biggest problem Kamala has, let's just be real honest with this, incredibly obnoxious personality. I mean, like, like... Ocasio Cortez, Ilan Omar level of obnoxiousness. Yeah. Okay. So we, we want to go on to other topics, uh, not other, other examples of where the Democrats have really had a horrible month. Uh, and just recently, for example, going back to um, Elizabeth Warren for a second, she talks about how she believes that Israel should get out of the occupied territories, including Gaza. P.S. Somebody just, I, by the way, it's not, not 2004 anymore. Just, Somebody needs to tell her Israel is already out of Gaza, much to much much to um, uh, the Gaza's misfortune because it's, they're not there anymore. Uh, that's the bottom line. So, and then secondly, it's not an occupation. Uh, that uh, the word occupation suggests that a country is taking over some other country, right? That has a valid nation national state. Um, that there is no such. Animal. The, they're disputed territories at best. The Palestinians were left behind by Jordan. The, this, the lands that are now comprise what we call the West Bank were actually part of Jordan, hence the west, west part of Jordan. That's why they call it the West Bank, where it's actually the eastern part of Israel. Got it? Oh, facts. <laughs> right. It makes you spin, right? But, uh, and, they were, and they left these people called the Palestinians. Uh, back there as pawns. So everyone's using them as pawns. And now these pawns want their own nation. And then they, dec they declare, they invent this history, that Israel came in and, you know, right, right off the heels of the Holocaust. And they suddenly became this gigantic army that did so well and, and plowed them over. <laughs> I mean, it's, really, it's hysterical. These, these people, the, the Israeli army had such a poor air force during the Independence War in 1948 when the Arabs launched a massive war on Israel, not vice versa. The Air Force was so bad, they had, to, they had to borrow planes from the Czech Republic, what is now Czech Republic, formerly Czechoslovakia. These all beaten down planes from like 1930, and they didn't have bombs. So they had to throw bombs from these commercial airlines from the planes, right? Like, like hand grenades. That's how the, that was their bomber mission in the old days. Anyway... 
it was it was so bad. And, and suddenly these these Israelis, these these Jews who came mostly from the Holocaust, were suddenly this power hungry. <laughs> I mean, I don't get I don't get it. But putting that aside, uh, there is no occupation of this this land. It's disputed. Um, Israel needs to have these these lands as buffer zones. Everyone understands that. All all Israelis, including liberals in Israel, understand this basic principle. They're not stupid because you know when when there's no room for error, you see reality really quick. Okay, now it's a little bit like having a lot of money. You, you're very generous with your money, and you you don't necessarily look at your checkbook or even balance your checkbook when you have tons of money. When you have very little money, suddenly you're very careful about what you spend. All right. So Elizabeth uh, Warren simply has no idea uh, about the occupied territories and such. But but in a larger scale, the Democrat Party is now wildly anti-Israel. They're they're uh, drinking the Kool-Aid of the the allegation that Israel's an apartheid nation, um, and the whole notion of Israel becoming a Republican issue is now taking hold. So. If you're for Israel, that means you're a Republican now, okay? And it's going to be even more and more so as time goes on. Very, the only people who are pro-Israel um, and also liberal now are, are some Jews. That's it. And a lot of Jews are not even pro-Israel, some of them. But the vast majority of people who are pro-Israel, the average person on the street that are pro-Israel, you can take it to the bank that that person is... Christian uh, and Republican. Christian and Republican, yeah. right. Um, or, or Jewish and Republican, for sure. Well, Republican, definitely, yeah. but more than likely yeah. Christian. Yeah. yeah, well, just because of the sheer numbers, <laughs> right? right? Uh, okay. Uh, but I think you know that your little monologue there was an interesting history lesson, but I think you completely missed the point. Uh, as usual. Okay? <laughs> what Elizabeth Warren clearly did, if you know her, and I do, is she, pro- you know, Israel pulled out of Gaza in 2005. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. They've been gone from there for 14 years now. So when Elizabeth Warren will announce upon her day of uh, being elected, she will announce that she succeeded in getting Israel out of oh, Gaza. I see. Yes, and that uh, it was her first major foreign policy success. That's a good point. That's a good point. High five. High five. Nice. Nice. <laughs> See, you weren't looking at it right, <laughs> right, Brock. What is time? Yet again. Right. You well, this. <laughs> what is that? Like? Yeah. It's like Minority Report pre-crime, you know? <laughs> she pre-promised right, an already completed promise. So now the next issue that, that comes into for, into the phrase is that Cortez, right? So Cortez says this thing about the detention camps, right? That they're all concentration camps. And you can just, you can hear the face palm of the Democrats like, oh, God. Is this woman talking again? Yes, she is. Oh crap! <laughs> right, and and it's 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 embarrassing for Cortez to say this. And then her, um, uh, you know, her fan base in uh, Talib and Omar, those two women, other congresswomen, they say, oh yeah, it's a concentration camp in the same way that, it, you know, because camps that, that's where people concentrated, so therefore it's a concentration camp. Yeah. Uh, okay. Of course. Obviously, that dilutes. Everything about the phrase concentration camp. If that's the case, then when I went to a Who concert back in uh, 
uh, whatever, uh, the Candlestick Park, that was a concentration camp. People concentrated there. Right. Right? And then, right. And then they concentrated on something. Right. And I had the same experience three weeks ago at the Hollywood Bowl when we saw Andrea Bocelli sing. Right. And when we went to a, a four years ago or so, we saw Wilco there. That's right. We concentrated on Wilco while camp. being concentrated right. with 17,000 other people. All right. Not only so, that, but, but you and I, we send our kids uh, earlier this morning to uh, summer camp, right? And uh, <laughs> Where they concentrate on and, different and, things. And, yeah, exactly. And they are concentrated in there. And it even has the word camp in it, by right. golly. So therefore, concentration camp. Concentration right, camp, okay. yes. These, these people are so stupid. Uh, they, they, they don't even bother to say, you know what? Maybe I was overreaching there, and I, I apologize for that. You know, I, I, But I, I'm disappointed in what's happening in there. I don't think we should be doing the detention camps or whatever it is. It's not likely. It's unseemly. Uh, it's, it's unkind. Okay, fine. You can you can say these things, but but using that word was just really wrong. I mean, it, it, it's bad all around. Uh, and, and there's so many other things that are going on. I mean, feel free to chime in about the most recent stuff. Oh, Jeffrey Epstein. Okay, so that is going to be a big problem for the for the Democrats. Epstein, a big yep. time, a big time uh, Democrat supporter, um, and Bill Clinton is it's going to bust open wide on uh, Bill Clinton as well as many others. It's going to be so shocking, um, and we and you, we've been talking about Epstein for for years, yeah. And wondering why it is that nothing has happened. Now, finally, thank God, he's he's going to be prosecuted. Yeah, Harvey Weinstein <clears throat> was the Jeffrey Epstein of consenting of of um, of legal adults, right? Not consenting legal adults. Right. Jeffrey Epstein is the Harvey Weinstein of children. Right. Okay. Get that through your head. It's so disgusting. I just right. And and remember, this is the same party that has Ed Buck here in L.A. Yeah. Okay. At what point does this become a uh, pattern? Nixium, that sex cult. You know, I mean, all of this involves children. Right. All right. I want you to calm down. I don't want you to have an aneurysm. Uh, because I like you. You're, you're a friend of mine. Okay. Calm blue ocean. Calm blue. Remember what your Hold therapist on. said. NPR calm. I'm NPR calm. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is the Brock Lurie Show. All right. My name is Ari. <laughs> All right. Good. I, I see you. You've been working on your exercises. Excellent. My breathing. That's right. It's good. Yes. Just breathe deep. That's all. All you have to do. And, and then you'll be saved. That's all. Okay. So anyway, let's move on. The, the point is that Epstein is a big problem for them. It's, it's opening up wide right now. And, you know, of course, true to form, the Democrats try to find a way to blame it on Trump. <laughs> right? yeah. So, like somehow Trump, we, we demand to know all communications between Trump and Epstein. And, it, it, you know, completely ignoring the fact that there are so many Democrats that Epstein entertained there and gave them uh, young girls. Uh, it's, it's just everything about it wants me to vomit. It yeah, makes that, me want to vomit. And Trump kicked Epstein out of his own club, reported him to the National Enquirer, reported him to all sorts of people. Yeah. I've been complaining about him since 2015, that there's no connection. Meanwhile, Bill Clinton is flying back and forth on the Lolita Express with underage girls on the plane. But, but one thing about Ocasio-Cortez and the, the concentration camp comment that's so interesting, and it relates directly to what you said earlier about the 4th of July kerfluffle is America loves redemption stories and America loves it when you are um, humbled and you go in front of America and you say I'm really sorry I screwed up will you please forgive me I will try to be better yeah. even if you don't actually be better just say you're going to try right? right and this obnoxious 
arrogance day in, day out is just revolting to so many people. And then, so they call something a concentration camp. She's invited by people to tour actual concentration camps so she can learn something and then she says no that's just a republican trick i'm not gonna go with that racist steve king to view a concentration camp it's like where's the forgiveness where's the redemption where are you know those classic american values that we're not like other people in the world that live by honor codes Right. Where we can actually say, you know what, we're not perfect, we'll try to be better, we don't need to have a stiff upper lip every second. I mean, the, just the arrogance it's, that's constant with these people. And then with the Epstein thing, it's related to the same set of behaviors. Here you are finding this dude who's a major Democrat party player, you know, party player. No, I mean right. party is in, their, in both their, ways. Yeah, they're party, but not you know. He's he's a part. He's a partier <laughs> in, in more than ways than one. Go right, ahead. exactly, and it's just an immediate uh, nanny nanny Billy Goat. He did it too, rather than saying. Uh, I'm really sorry here. This is Bill Clinton. We've had the Anthony Weiner connection. We've had the Mock Lewinsky and all the bimbos over the years kind of thing. We've had this, just this vile sexual behaviors. At what point do we just say we're sorry? You know? Well, okay, so, so let's move on. You to know, they just don't do that, and that's one of the reasons they're having such a bad time. I know, but I'm not even talking about that. We know that they don't know how to apologize. We know that even if they do apologize, that they eat their own anyway. Right. Right, so it's, it's, I almost understand that they don't want to apologize because they know how viciously they'll be attacked by their own party. Yeah. We, we are the part. I mean, we could do a whole podcast on how um, conservatives are far more forgiving than liberals are. And they, they profess to be tolerant and uh, really compassionate people. They, they have no idea what tolerance or compassionate, uh, compassion means. But that's another story. So, uh, I, and I don't want to drill down too much on that. What I do want to talk about is how they get into this rhythm of anything goes and they really believe it. And then they don't realize that it boomerangs on them. And they, they end up having to live with their, their own scandals, their own attitudes, whether that's about the, the sex stuff going on. They, 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 they live in a world where all sex is good, right? Whether it's gay sex or, and, all, and all things related to uh, sex, whether it's gay marriage or the transgender issues or the sexual identities and all that nonsense. And now, of course, in California and many other states, they're pushing... Uh, to teach about oral and anal sex to young children as though it's the same thing as you know, committed heterosexual vaginal sex. Um, it, it's, it's, it's so breathtaking how they, don't, they want to blur all the distinctions. In fact, they want to blow up all the distinctions. And then at the same time, uh, they go after Jeffrey Epstein's. You know, what, what, what is he to take? I mean, you're, you're constantly saying that all sex is good, everything is good. There's no, nothing wrong and nothing right. Well, I guess you went too far with this in the Me Too movement with Harvey Weinstein and now, of course, with Epstein. Uh, they're discovering the, that there might be some boundaries after all, and, but, but it's always too late with them. Um, and then, of course, everyone gets caught up in the net, uh, especially on the Democrat side. The conservatives, by contrast, we live by a code of, of moral conduct. Do we falter from time to time? Of course. But the vast majority of conservatives who are true conservatives, people who truly have faith in their lives, uh, they, they don't fall into these traps. They, they seek out monogamous, uh, healthy relationships. Um, they stand for what they know works and what is true. Um, and they stand, for, they stand for standards at the end of the day. But not these liberals, not these Democrats. And then they're, 
That's, that's why all the Me Too movement, virtually every single one, I don't know of a single Republican who was caught up in it. Uh, not to say that, that that would be impossible. I'm sure there was one or two. But they are but drops in the ocean of the Me Too movement. And then likewise with this, this Jeffrey Epstein nonsense. It's, it's really tragic. Yeah, and so it's also it's very interesting what you just said because the conservative side lives by timeless principles. Right versus wrong. And it doesn't matter what era, what right. day, what man, event. Man versus woman. Or we're comparing it right versus wrong. Right. It, 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 through the lens of right versus wrong for every event. They look at things from the tolerance of the moment. Right. So, um, gay sex was a horrible thing to them until, or, or sorry, um, gay marriage was a horrible thing to them until the nation grew up and right. evolved. Yes, right? evolved. Now it's great. Right. Um, they're working very hard on classifying the Epstein behavior as just an orientation. Right. And in five to ten years, if the progress is made on the issue, then Epstein was just a man before his time. Right. You, right. And, and he's using progress in air quotes, by right. the way. But yes. Bill Clinton, I'm using their version of progress, right. not yeah. actual progress. Yeah. Bill Clinton, you know, um, I always said to myself, what's the issue? Why is he denying this? Right. 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 Now... America's moved on, and now we know it's just sex, so right. now it's okay, right. right? Because they have no principle. It's merely what is politically expedient at the moment to retain maximum power. Right. Yeah, I mean, a perfect example. They wanted a border wall in 2009, right? Okay, so, so the other issues that are happening, and I want to talk about the bad, bad month that's been uh, happening for them, is that uh, the border wall is, a, is a, another good example, how we get this flood of activity coming in from Mexico and other... We, we were having horrifically high numbers of illegal immigrants just slamming right through our border. The detention centers are just a, a symptom of that problem and a crisis for it. And we know now that the Democrats have really been withholding monies for uh, building up these detention centers, withholding monies from hiring immigration judges to actually process these people. It's not that hard to find immigration uh, judges, but we have to pay them. And the Democrats don't want them to be paid. The, the American public is noticing this. And the, the thing, I guess the one overriding theme here is that they, the Democrats think that they can fool the American people because they say something. Like you just said before about how Obama said that his uh, presidency was scandal-free. Okay, you know what? Don't pee on my leg and tell me that it's raining. All right, it's it. It was full of scandals, and maybe more full of scandals than any other president in American history. And but but he believes by saying that it's scandal free. Well, then then his his minions will all say the you know echo and parrot the same thing. Of course, they can't do that. It's it's not a meaningful thing, and they they know they're being lied to. And at some point. Uh, went with a great economy, and then you're telling me, well, this, this great economy they think is great. Well, in fact, it's not great. How, how are you? <laughs> right. Ex excuse me? Everyone's saying it's great, from black to white to purple to everything, and, and for old to young, everyone's gotten a job now. Jobs are going begging right now. And so the Democrats, they try to parlay that by saying, well, that's because uh, one person is having three jobs you know, in order to make ends meet. And because there's no minimum wage, they're learning slave wages. Yes, exactly right. right. And with, with no documentation right. whatsoever. The Republican for, Party no was the of party that. of slavery then, and it's the party of slavery now. Right. God, I so, can write their stuff better than they can. <laughs> 
but it's it's very interesting, right? So they 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 have this bizarre notion that people are buying this, eating it up. But you know what? Their pocketbooks are telling the telling them a very different story. The stock market is telling a very different story. So look, they, they want this to be a reality and they expect their minions to go out there and, and to complain about this and that somehow this economy is a loser economy that will cause Trump to fail. Uh, they, they ain't winning this one, not on the economy. Uh, and if the economy fails dramatically before 2020, then we'll have a problem. We've talked yeah, about this Yeah, and they're before. working on that. Trust yeah. me. Oh, like, yeah. well, like they did in 2008. Remember, before the 2008 housing crisis, remember how Chuck Schumer was causing runs on banks? Oh, I know. He, you know, he, he, so he, they've he, he done won. that before, and that's what one of the things they're planning. They'll do obviously. anything. All my, uh, what is it? By any means necessary. Yeah, That's no matter problem. who bleeds, they'll right. do it. Let me go back to a comment that I made before in the beginning of this podcast. Uh, about the black unemployment rate. And this is kind of really relates to this. I always found it fascinating. We, we, we talked about, you know, naturally when you think about the black unemployment rate, you would think that, gosh, if it's so tied into racism and, and poverty, uh, poverty caused by racism, no less, you would expect that the unemployment rate would have gone, you know, from a, an extraordinarily high uh, percentage, unemployment rate, that is, to what is now the 5.6, unemployment rate, which is very good in for, the, for in blacks. In the minority community, yes. In the minority community. community. But by the way, that, that 5% is considered a very good unemployment rate anyway. So right. the fact that we're way, well below that nationally is fantastic. But that's, that's not where I'm going. I'm simply saying you would expect this kind of like staccato, you know, generally descending graph as race relations get better and better in this country we call the United States of America – that, uh, you know, after 1865, the end of the Civil War, it would be somewhere at 30%, and then now gradually going with, you know, little bumps up, up and down to this glorious low rate of 5.4, unemployment for blacks. But no, 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 it, 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 you would be wrong if you believed that. In fact, when people say it's the lowest unemployment rate in, for blacks in the past 50 years, and we're all, you know, patting ourselves. Isn't that great? But it begs the question, why was the unemployment rate so good for blacks in the early 70s and the late 60s? Why? Right? I mean, it, it, it defies the, the graph I just described. Here's, and, and there's a reason for that. The reason is, and, and first of all, there's a correlation. So the correlation is, is undeniable. Uh, the correlation is the war in poverty was in full gear. Then they had the food stamp programs. Then they had the expansion of welfare. Then they broke apart the family. Then they had affirmative action. Okay? And then they had busing and all those other things. And then they destroyed the schools. And then they destroyed schools yes. by, by, by virtue of the busing and everything else and, and, yes. and, and tying public schools the, the way they were. Could it be? I know this is so radical. Oh, my head <laughs> Could it be that that correlation, which is undeniable could actually be a causation of why it spiked up the unemployment rate for blacks, why it spiked up so crazily. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm having a Mitt Romney constipation <laughs> moment. Mm, mm, dilate, dilate, dilate. All right, all right, all right. So, so it's obviously that's the reason why it's Democrat policies that have created this, this cluster, you know what. <laughs> Of, of factors that have made unemployment very high for, for blacks in America. And now we get to say, hey, it's, it's, we're going back now. The, the economy is so good. 
for blacks as well, that it's as good as it was back in 1971, 72. But before, wait a minute. Before the Democrats did all this damage I, but, to their community. Yeah, but, yes. I, but I, I would say, and, and most, you know, most people would agree that, well, gosh, wasn't that during a hardly racist time? Yeah, the very end of Jim Crow yes. and segregation. Wouldn't yeah. That, wouldn't that be a terrible time? And mm. how could it be that the unemployment rate is so... I, I, anyway, I love thinking about these things. You know, like, well, wait a minute, I... That doesn't jibe with my sense yeah, of reality, Brock, what, what Brock, makes sense. Brock, you're never supposed to show the Democrats a scoreboard, and you just did. Oh, yeah. I yeah. forgot. I Ouch. Forgot. <laughs> but it's an important part. Democrats hurt. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> it's the train wreck, though. And, and going back to the train wreck, it is such a slow-moving train wreck. But look at all these factors. And all the while, the Democrats are saying, there's no problem here. These two trains are not going to collide. These people are not going to die. They're going to have a good old time in that uh, you know, dining car where they're toasting each other with wine and champagne. And everything is going to be just wonderful come November 2020. As long as the Repo- those evil Republicans don't stop us, right. everything will be fine. That's right. But we see it. We see it on the side. And like, you know, Nolte talks about it as the worst week. And during the time that he was writing, it was the worst week. But it continues on. Yeah. And just so the audience knows, he wrote that right after the week of the Democrat debates. We're a week farther yeah. after 4th, the 4th of could, July kerfuffle. And it's only gotten worse. It's only gotten worse. <laughs> and, and there was a lot of stuff that you could bring about from before that. And, and it's. You keep on wondering, like, what are they going to pull out? What what what's great stuff is going to happen? How are they going to prove that they are going to be better for this country economically and otherwise than what the Republicans are offering? And we just see this, and we just say, oh, you know what? It ain't going to work out very well for them. It's a little bit like, and, and Ari brought up this very good point, an analogy of the alcoholic. You know, he and and the alcoholic is telling you, you know, alcohol could be good for you. You know, a little bit more. Every day is not a bad thing. Yeah, those bottles on that shelf have all the answers. Right, they have all the solutions. Right. All, all the, the answers, answers right, right. right so, there. And, <laughs> and you're thinking like, I don't know, Johnny. I don't know if that's such a good idea there. Because you'll see. It's going to be great. And, and not only that, but I also like to text and drive. <laughs> I, also, I like to get high a lot. Um, and I also like to tell off my boss every once in a while. Well, I was going to say, I also <laughs> like to call my boss from the bar after I've had seven right, or eight yeah. shots. Right. And I also like to, you know, harass women. <laughs> like uh, Grabby Grabby. Yeah, Grabby Grabby. Um, and fly on planes with underage ones to right, that right, island right, exactly where uh, right. there's a non-extradition clause. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's terrible. And and you just say, wow, that's just look, tick, tick. <laughs> tick, tick, <laughs> tick. And, and oh, this and, morning. And, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, oh, by the way, I eat whatever I want, all the butter, all the cheese and everything. I need to getting fatter and fatter. And like, that's cool. You know, everything is genetic. Right. <laughs> and by say. the way, this morning, Ocasio-Cortez accused Nancy Pelosi of being a racist. That solves everything. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so this is, it's, it's just breathtaking how they, th- they don't see this train wreck about to happen. So I think we're correct, Ari, you and I, when we say, look, I don't see how this is going to play very well for you. The American uh, population is just so tired of it. We, we hear about Blexit, which is the black exit, black and Latino, apparently, exit from the Democrat Party. We hear about Walk Away, which is largely... It started the from gay a gay community, a gay community yeah. to, to walk away from the Democrat Party, but oh, many people have otherwise yeah, joined it's because it's not it's liberal. It's version. it's not it's not designated just for for gays. 
but Blexit, you know, it's, it's, it's encouraging blacks and Latinos to leave. And then there's Jexodus, which is, you know, for Jews to leave yeah. the Democrat Party. And they're all gaining momentum. It's not as if people are running to the Democrat Party. Uh, it's, it's a little bit like, you know, this huge hurricane in, in New Orleans back in the Katrina, right? Uh, and people are running to the hurricane. <laughs> I gotta find a great place to stay right now. No, you leave the area, and that's what's happening. It's a disaster zone. The Democratic Party is a disaster zone, and you need to leave it now. Okay. And guess what? The Republican Party is offering the solutions and and good solutions at that. It's 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 offering the solutions that you would expect from somebody who is trying to get rid of his alcohol addiction, his drug addiction. Uh, to get up on his feet, but what would you what would you recommend? I mean, seriously, you would recommend, hey, dude, you got to go to uh, AA, okay? You got to embrace God in your life. You got to work hard. You got to have some standards about life, and and not be a mean person, and just do right by yourself, by by God, and otherwise. Yeah, they used to call that choosing life. Yeah, choose life. Choose life. Choose being oh, alive. Oh, speaking of which, was another issue, uh, abortion, the, issue, the, the notion. Oh, yeah. That these past two weeks, uh, and, and, and by the way, this has been happening for months now, but they, they seem to be accelerating to this position that you should and can have an abortion up to the day of the birth and beyond. Uh, and that's they're jiggy with that. And I, I think even the most, uh, some of the most pro-choice people would still say, okay, I'm not going to go that far. Yeah, bridge too far for me. And did you yeah. hear that they, story? They, they about expect Minnesota? us, wait, wait, they expect us, we Trump supporters, yeah. to at least to say, you know, well, we're not so happy with those tweets. And, you know, his decorum is really inappropriate sometimes. And I don't like the way what he said about John McCain. And I don't like what he said about um, nice know, Jeb Bush. Yeah, that's right. I said, Loner G. Bush and, and Ted Cruz and his wife. You know, that, that was really ugly stuff. But, but, but they, but they want, us to be okay with late-term abortions, and and they expect and us worse. and far worse and and, and after-birth yeah. abortions, so to speak. Right. Did you hear that story of Minnesota last week? Yeah, do you I, remember that one? I, I do know that, but but yeah. but I don't want to drill down. I'm just simply saying, this is this notion that they expect people to to buy into it, and I it's like they're so out of touch with what a a reasonable voter would want and what makes them grimace, and I think that. People will be leaving the Democratic Party in droves. Look, there's two factors here. One is that Trump has proven himself, and this is where I want to wrap up. Trump has proven himself to be an effective leader. But putting aside all the nasty comments that you want to describe him, just look at his actions. Yeah, which, by the way, neither of us agree with. We right. love his comments. We, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm jiggy with him. I, yeah. I, I like that he's More audacious. Please. Yeah, he's audacious. I like it. Uh, and would I say exactly everything in the exact same way? Probably not, but that, that's because he's an individual. I like him as a leader, and he's very effective. So that alone is a good enough reason that people are drawn to him, and they like him because he's effective. He brings out the best in us. He loves America. He loves God. He, he, he loves getting things done. And he's providing, of course, jobs. Stock market is doing fantastic. All the great things we talked about. So that alone will be enough for many people to race toward him, right? But it's as if, as if that's not good enough. Right. The, the Democrats are trying to make themselves as obnoxious as possible and as um, foul, uh, malodorous, shall we say, as possible to ensure. Oh, is that not good enough reason for you? 
uh, to, to run to Trump, to the arms of Trump, let us give you some help, too. Yeah, because wait till you see this one. Well, yeah. If you were a conspiracy theorist, though, yeah. wouldn't it be a reasonable co- conclusion to have based on just observing that if Trump was behind the Democrat Party's behavior— it would make sense. Right, yeah. Because they couldn't act any better for him. Oh, he, I mean, he, it's unbelievable. Yeah, you, you, you couldn't ask for more than for what the Democratic Party is doing to itself. Right. If right? I found out in a couple of years that some top secret documents were out there and Trump had funded this entire thing, he had funded Cortez, funded Omar, right. funded this entire field of candidates with his billions of dollars, right. I'd go, oh, that makes perfect sense. As, it's, as, it's as if he orchestrated this himself. <laughs> right. Right. It's, it's so true. It's like, wow. And it's the old expression, you know, with friends like these, you know, who needs enemies, right? Right. <laughs> Because they've got plenty of enemies. The infighting within the Democratic Party is disastrous enough. But I'm not even talking about it. They're just their position taking is so absurd. When, Do you support illegal aliens getting health care? Oh yeah, me I, too. I was just gonna say that. <laughs> exactly right. Every single hand went up. Right. Every and single then, one. Yeah. A- every single one. And it's as if they all looked at each other like to say, <laughs> I am forced to raise my hand. I, you know, where's you can see the puppet string practically. It's it's <laughs> <laughs> but they had no choice in the matter. And as, as you and I kind of intellectually talked about, it, like all, and if, if any one of these, what, now 22 candidates wanted to really stand out, all he has to say, or she, is, you know what? I want to make it very clear here. I love America. I think America's awesome. I think we are unique. We are an exceptional country. I don't like the way that Trump is doing, but I'll tell you one thing. Uh, we're awesome. And I want to do whatever we can to increase and encourage employment and jobs here and the stock market. And I, for one, hail what Trump is doing on that score. I don't like what he's doing at the detention centers and such like that. But, but, but by golly, America's awesome. And I don't care if I'm the only one to say so. Thank you. God bless. He would, he would jump up, at least for, for that week, he would jump up. Another 20 points. Right, and by the way, Boom. in the first debate, the clown car won before the second clown car won. Yes. Tulsi Gabbard essentially tried to do that. Yeah. And she won the trudge poll. There you go. Uh, All so, right. duh. Yeah. All right? right. And any one of them, if they had a pair, would have looked at that and said, are you effing kidding me? Right. Are you people nuts? Yeah. They would have skyrocketed. But, but, it, but it only goes, I mean, they know that. Yeah. They know that. All their PR handlers know that as well. But they don't do it because the Democratic Party... Uh, stronghold is so powerful that they can't have these talking points that go beyond as we just talked about. That's the problem for the Democrats at the end of the day. They must deal with themselves. They are their own worst enemy. And every week they spit out one more, if not multiple stories that where you just scratch your head and say, how could they possibly let this happen? Whether it's the 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 Omar, uh, sorry, the, the AOC comments about Pelosi, or about the concentration camps, or about the late-term abortions, or about voting in Mexico or, or campaigning in Mexico yeah, for American language, votes, the Spanish language, yeah, stuff, the Spanish language, all that stuff with you, no you, subtitles. <laughs> you you get this this image that they have no sense. It's as if they want to destroy their own party. Look. Maybe God has. We, we joked around about this. We wouldn't be surprised if Trump has an orchestration behind this. But the truth is, no one man can orchestrate such a brilliant strategy, right? No one's asked. It can only be the, even him, right? The only the only entity that could possibly do this is God, right? And I, I got to think that 
maybe God is behind this at the end of the day, because no Democratic Party, no party that wants to win at least, would ever say, let's do it, right? Instead, they act like the, <laughs> the, the, the main characters from the, the producers, trying to make sure that they lose this election in any possible way, right? By any means necessary, they will lose this election. All right, my friends, thanks so much for listening. This is Brock Lurie signing off saying God bless, and we'll talk with you next week.